Listen up or run for cover. Dropping knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it. The, the real Bradley Bombs is dropping. What it is, Brad Lee back again with another episode of Dropping Bombs. Today in the studio, folks, in the home studios, the virtual studios, I've brought a real treat for you. I went out and found a gentleman that, number one, can help people not only save and invest and make money intelligently, but like savvy wealth, savvy savings, things like that. But he also happens to be the guy that that invariably invented a cheese that's one of my favorite Folks, welcome Jerry Feta. Thank you, Brad. I appreciate the intro. I love being on the show, man. Dude, if you guys if you guys don't know Jerry Feta, uh, well, then you've probably never had a Greek salad. Um, what else does feta cheese go on? I mean, Lucky Charms. We discussed that. Yeah, Lucky Charms. Is, well, if you love a feta cheese as much as Jerry loves feta cheese, well, because it's made you rich, though. So anyway, Jerry <laughs> Feta from the from the famed Feta Cheese is here, as well as he also has a company called Wealth X. Why X? So it's actually Dynamics. Oh, Wealth, Wealth Dynamics. Dynamics. Yeah. Why, is, why does it always say Wealth X? Where does it say Wealth X? Oh, Jeff Jeff Celentano wrote Wealth X. Okay. Should I fire him? I think we should just trademark the name and, and maybe pay Jeff a commission for it. Wealth Dynamics. Right. Wealth, do you use an X in Dynamics? Or a I CS? do, yeah. It's D-Y-N-A-M-X. That's why, because someone left the Dynam off. It's Wealth X. So it's Wealth Dynamics. Awesome, dude. But welcome to the show. Today, I want to talk about a couple of things, only because the Bomb Squad is all sheltering in place, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of them that I am assuming are kicking ass and taking names like me. They call me the COVID kid. Nothing can hurt me. Okay. I think <laughs> I swallowed a bug last night. Doesn't even bother me. But, but I know you, dude, and I've known you for a while. Um, you are a very conservative uh, individual that, that, that does some wise, conservative, intelligent, uh, prudent, moves with money. So let's talk about money a little bit. If you were going to uh, tell your brother, you know, let's say you were dying in an hour and you only had, you know, uh, 20 minutes to tell your brother something about money. So they, so they would be uh, able to help the rest of your family. Like what's so important about money that people miss that you, that you would tell somebody if you had no time left and you really had to make sure that they were going to succeed. What would those nuggets be? Man, there's so much there. So the first thing, and this is something that, that I think would help anybody, is realizing that money is not actually real. It's not, people get very, it's like a tangible, very hard, firm object, and it's very easy to get like stuck on and fixated on. It really is just a coupon. That's all it is. It represents exchange and value and communication and knowledge. And so if somebody can kind of unlock their mind off of this, you know, it's stuck on, I have to have these pieces of paper and these numbers in my bank account. And instead, they can focus on, you know, where can I get knowledge, value, and exchange and just make that my thing. Money just starts showing up. Like, that was the, the biggest thing for me when I realized that. It's, it's all about adding value. Um, you know, you, you know that, you know, so many people out there know that. But I see a lot of people that don't. They get very caught up on, 
you know, I have to work hard and I have to be, it has to be effort. It has to be labor. It has to be, you know, discipline and all these really hard things. And it just doesn't have to be that way. How, how, did you learn the hard way that, <clears throat> how did you learn that? Man, so I learned that when I started getting into sales. Um, I was never in sales before, and so I was used to trading time for money and doing hourly jobs. So, you know, when you work an hourly job, the way that you justify and I would justify is the, the quality of work. So I'd be like, man, I worked eight hours. My wage doesn't change, but my character is, you know, I'm going to put in a really hard eight hours and do a good job. So when I got into sales, that kind of applies, but it's not the direct proportion you would see on an hourly job. So the first time I closed like a five figure deal and I saw over 10 grand show up in my bank account, I realized that was the same effort, the same time frame, the same type of conversation, the same everything. The difference was that it was 10,000 instead of a couple hundred. And that's when it clicked. I was like, man, I need to go do that more times. And it was really just, I was $10,000 more valuable to that guy than I was to the previous guy. How much loot you got now? How much loot? Loot. Are you a are you a are you a billionaire yet with all that feta cheese rolling around? I'm um, I'm a millionaire for sure. At a young age too. Yeah, 27. I turn 28 next month. Dude, you've always been like a sound voice of reason, very prudent. See, when I was your age, dude, I was running around crazier than I am now, talking more shit than I do now, joking <laughs> joking more than I do now. But yeah. then here comes Jerry Feta. Hello, everyone. I think that uh, the 10-year interest term and the, and the uh, amortization schedule should uh, indicate uh, good yield. Uh, and I'm like, damn, dude, this kid freaking, this kid's like freaking some sort of scholar. Like, what made you interested in money? So it was never something I was interested in growing up. My parents uh, never were good with money. So my, my mom and dad actually got divorced from each other three different times. Uh, divorce, remarried, divorce, remarried three times. And it was over money every time. So, you know, I watched my, my mom and my dad lose the house when I was like eight car got repoed, uh, homeless lived in a, in a trailer out behind some guy's house. Uh, and so I never had a good relationship with money. I actually, when I was 17, um, I remember when I first learned money wasn't backed by gold mentally, I quit on it. I was like, well, that's a, like freaking, I'm not going to go work for that. It doesn't make any sense. See so, what I mean? See, see, see what I mean, dude? Like, that's funny. Like you, yeah. you, you mentally quit on money over that. Like, dude, I didn't even, I, I didn't even like someone could have told me that and I would have said, so dude, the shit will get me, <laughs> the, the shit will get me what I'm looking for. I don't care what it's backed by. Like, dude, I don't care if this is backed by freaking Cheetos. As long as, as long as when I hand it to somebody, <laughs> they give me what I'm looking for. Why did it disappoint you that it wasn't, that it wasn't backed by gold? It, it was kind of like the requirement to have to, to trade time for it, right? Because it's like, what I realized is there's three options. If I, if, I, if I look at the money thing, I can either quit on it and do what I did. And that choice is poverty, right? Like, I'm just going to not participate in the system. Um, the other option is, is to just not confront it, like sweep it under the rug and keep going. And a lot of people do that. And then the third option is wealth. You know, I can have so much of it that it just doesn't matter. I don't have to consider it in my day-to-day choices. It's like oxygen. It's just there. Breathe it in and get rid of it. So that, that was kind of like I first initially quit on it. And then a very short moment of time that like I got, that was 17. I got married at 18 or 19. Uh, and the first six months of being married, my wife and I were homeless squatting in an abandoned house because I had quit on money. It was like, well, we're not going to work for it. We're not going to go above and beyond. We're just going to enjoy hobbies and enjoy life and, you know, all this stuff. So 
that was like a wake up call. And I realized that the, the economy is there, whether I want to participate in it or not. And it's going to drag me along if I don't start participating. And that was when I started really taking more seriously. All right, I need to do the third option. My parents did the second option. I need to just go get so much of it that, you know, in a short span of time, I can just unplug and not have to deal with it. Could you write a check right now for $340? Would I or could I? Could you? I could. Excellent. That's my limit. That's where I'd like, you know, <clears throat> if someone can write a check for $340 without it bouncing, they're doing all right in my book. <laughs> I mean, we just had stimulus money come in. So I think a lot of people might have the 340 today. Dude, that's another thing that I wanted to bring up. Like, dude, what's with $1,200? I don't know, man. That's if not going to help anybody. It's not. And if you do the math on that, you know, if you look at how much was actually released and divide that by the number of citizens, it's actually about six grand. Well, again, I mean, I, I applaud the government. And when I say it doesn't help anybody, I take it back because it helps. It helps any, it helps me like here, give me some shit. It helps me, mm-hmm. but it doesn't help much. In other words, like why waste, all, why waste all that money when it's not really helping to the point that they think or act like it is. Yeah. It's kind of like putting a bandaid on a bullet wound. It's, it's, Right. So again, why, why waste the bull, Why waste the bandaid? In other words, keep the money government or like, in other words, send a solution. Don't send a bunch of wasted money. Cause now you're spending all these billions of dollars and nobody's in any better situation. So you just spent billions of dollars to help nobody. Yeah. Well, and, and with this whole COVID thing, you know, if it, if it is as serious as we're saying it is that money probably could go towards a vaccine or, or a solution in, in actually solving it. So if there was a vaccine, would you take one? I would not. Okay. So there's a lot of people that would say that say the same thing. Now, if do you have kids, I don't know. If you have kids, would you get them vaccinated? I would do research first based on what I know of vaccines and my trust for the medical system. My gut tells me no, just because of, you know, prior knowledge on vaccines and my trust for the medical system. Um, so I would research it, see what it's about and then make a decision, but I'm, I'm leaning towards no. Do you believe that, uh, our currency is going to be returning to the gold back? I would, I would love that. And that's a very, it's a very novel idea. I economically don't see that it's possible. I think we're probably more likely to go to a U.S. or an IMF based crypto than anything else. You mean even if even if we're uh, basically doing a financial reset currently right now? I think that would be what they'd reset for is to get us on a cryptocurrency and, and either have nationally or phase into just a global crypto. I agree. And I think they're doing it right now. Yeah. There's plenty out there. I mean, that's, it's crazy, Brad. The whole, there's a lot of, of hysteria on the media with the, the virus and different things going on. I watch the markets whenever this stuff happens. And, and there's some crazy stuff going on just within the financial system and how that's built, that fundamental changes are being made, being made currently. And, and most people aren't aware of that. You know, it's crazy because people say, what do you think's going on? The 5G, the QAnon, the, the, the vaccination, the, you know, the, something political, bio-warfare with China. I think it all, it's all going on. Yeah. Like, like, again, dude, that 5G, I'm not saying that uh, 5G's, you know, as bad as everyone says it is, or maybe it is. But I know that it's coming, whether you like it or not. 
Yeah. And, and I also know that like if they stuck a tower in the middle of a town and, and everyone in the town started dying and falling down, dude, people would knock down the tower. Like it, I don't think there's evil politicians all in some secret meeting where we're not at talking about killing population. Do I think that there's secret meetings where certain people, wealthy people would prefer that the world wasn't as screwed up and, that, and one way to get it not screwed up was, is to reduce the population? Yeah, I do believe that. Why? Well, because, dude, overpopulation is not a good thing in any situation. So at the end of the day, these guys are trying to come up with better uh, environments for humanity. And unfortunately, someone has to take a look at the, the fact that, hey, dude, uh, they're, they're, we should have three billion less people on this planet and it'd be a whole lot less polluted. And, you know, hey, well, well who do we kill? Well, how about the the dirt bags and the, and the, and the felons and the, and the criminals and the, you know, well, who judges, bro? Who's worth, whose life isn't worth. So you start to look at all that conspiracy shit and you start to think, dude, there's believability in all of it. Yeah. Dude, if you got vaccinated and there was nanotechnology in the vaccination and now that nanotechnology communicates with the 5g, which apparently if you read up on 5g, dude, it allows for some crazy computing. So realistically, if I put a nanotechnology vaccine in Jerry Feta, I can now hear and see what Jerry Feta hears and sees. Okay, now if that were the case, dude, can you imagine how safe how safe this earth would be? Like I mean it. Like everybody's like, well, I, well, that's an invasion of my privacy. Like, dude, I'm not doing or saying anything that the government can't hear. Yeah. Like, in other words, dude, if, if they told me, hey, I want to put this chip in you mm-hmm. and we will be able to hear and see wherever you go, mm-hmm. as, long as, I, as long as I realize that that data cannot be manipulated, which blockchain is, means that it won't be manipulated. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, as long as the data is not manipulated, I'm okay with it. Do you know why? I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not saying anything wrong. Mm-hmm. People say, dude, if you have TikTok, China can check you out and see what you've went and where you've went. And I'm like, so what? Why do I care that China care, knows where I've been? Yeah. Like, dude, you, you're trying to hide from China? What are you doing? <laughs> so, 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 dude, think about it, though. A murder happens. Mm-hmm. Jerry Feta gets framed. Government logs on. Jerry Feta was not near that person when, hit, when their unit went down. Mm-hmm. The person that was near that person when the unit went down was this person. Here is the recording from the experience. Here is the, the vision of the person that was doing the murdering. Here's the person vision that got murdered. And we know everything now. There's no more bullshit. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, that's a spin you could put on it. I could see that side of it for sure. Dude, that would just be fantastic where dude, all crime goes away or courts go away because dude you either did it or you didn't do it that's what i mean by no manipulation yeah like like dude you 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 sitting there talking with your wife for seven years and nothing happens great no one pulls up the record but the second you have a domestic violence and your wife says you hit her no no ma'am he did not hit you you were spitting on him you were calling him names you said he had a little dick you said (laughs) you, you said you banged his friend he did get mad but he did not hit you now you're going to jail for false accusations. Yeah. Now, and, and, and you're just sitting there like normally, dude, without the chip, without the surveillance, without the 5G, you would have went to jail because they would have believed her. Yeah. There's, there's there, that whole me too thing. People always ask me, what about me too? 
Yeah. I'm like, dude, listen, I know that there's dirtbag, scumball, prick, pervert weirdos out there. And I know there's, there's rapers and abusers and scumbags. But I also know that there's some girls that use the, 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 the accusation to hurt someone that jilted them or, and or uh, didn't have interest in them or whatever. So, dude, you can't just believe somebody these days. Right. But, but when the whole Me Too movement, <clears throat> it's like, I forget where I was reading it, but they said, you have to believe the woman. Mm-hmm. Dude, I know for a fact there's been women that have lied about it, and I know for a fact there's women that have told the truth about it. So this chip would eliminate all that stupidity. Did you rob a bank? No. Yes, you did. Were you there? No. Yes, you were. What'd you say? I said this. No, you didn't. Like, dude, I think it would be awesome if everybody knew that everybody knows what you say, do, go, think, and everything. Well, we'd give up our privacy. Dude, why do you need privacy? What are you doing wrong? What are you saying? What are you thinking? What are you contemplating? What's the problem? You're thinking, dude, what's this got to do with making money and wealth dynamics? <laughs> well, I mean, I see, I see what you're saying. So tell me what, you're think, what you think about this scenario. So, so if, they link it, if they link that chip to a currency, right? And that currency is tied to what every currency is tied to, which is taxation, the ability for, for the government to have a piece of my income. If I decide I don't want to use that currency, basically that chip can determine whether or not I'm able to do business with people. I can almost get exiled. They can no, say, no, hey, no, no, no. That's again, to me, that's not necessarily what I'm saying because that's the mark of the beast. I don't know if I would call it that, but yeah, yeah. So, no, so dude, I think- the, the Bible says, the Bible talks about a mark of the beast where you will not be able to buy nor sell without this mark. Mm-hmm. So, dude, a lot of people are saying that's what the chip is or that's what the barcode is and stuff like that. And it's like, dude, look, number one, I'm not a big uh, religious guy, but I can tell you this. If I accept the mark of a beast so I can survive and my God wants to put me in hell over it, Dude, that's not a very cool God. Um, he's the one that put me here. What am I supposed to do? Like starve, live off the land? By the way, it doesn't say do not accept the, the mark, I don't think. I'm going to go investigate after this episode. However, <clears throat> what I'm looking for is let's get back on money because otherwise people are going to listen to this. And they're going to be entertained and they're going to laugh and they're going to you know think, wow, that was a crazy freaking episode, but they're not going <laughs> to yeah. learn anything. Yeah. <clears throat> so. So, so real quick, we can bullshit at the end. Jerry Feta, what should people do that are sitting at home that, that, that have maybe $10,000? How should they invest it? What, what to invest in right now in this volatile, in this volatile market? So if I have 10 grand right now, you know, the first thing I'm looking at is, is knowledge, right? Like, like if, I, if I do yesterday, someone could have done oil stocks and killed it, like definitely, but that's not a repeatable action. As soon as this quarantine is done, that's done. And whatever I've done. What do you mean what's better, done? Why could I have made money in oil? It dropped. How would I make it dropped. money? <clears throat> so if I go down and I buy oil stocks now while it's dropped, because it's back up to, I think crude is at 13 or 17 a barrel right now. What was um, it yesterday? Yesterday it was, it was like seven or nine. The day before that, it actually went down to about a buck. Okay. So if so, everybody that day would have put every dollar they had, would it still be 13? I think if everyone went in, it probably would have went a little higher. 
just just because of market displacement. If everyone gets in your swimming pool, the water is going to go up. Okay, so that means it would have been $18 and everybody would have got rich. Yeah, and that's awesome. However, that doesn't help me long-term. I can't go do that again. You, it's don't, kind need of the give- you don't need to do it long-term. You need to do it a couple of times, short-term, and then stick that money in some long-term. Yeah, so, so I mean, most people, if they had 10 grand and they did the, you know, a dollar to $18, that's great. I don't think the average person has the, the know-how to keep that money and go do it again. Um, just like stimulus checks, I, I would bet most of that 1200 bucks is spent now. Well, of course it is, dude. Happens. You got rent, you got food, you got gas, you got dry cleaning. Of course it's spent. That's what I mean. Like $1,200 doesn't make a dent in anything. For sure. And I, I are think you one of those, are you one of those people that like save a certain percentage regardless? Are you like a richest man in Babylon type? Yeah, I do 40%. That's, that's one of my rules. Dude, you're married too, right? I am. Dude, you guys must have a sh- shitty life. <laughs> I mean, it's all income, right? So if you make enough and save 40% of it, you still got 60 left over to pay taxes and live. So I know, but dude, taxes is 30, 40%, right? Not if you know how to do it, right? Okay, so taxes if you're paying, how much? If you're paying 30 to 40, I, I have a client that, that he makes a few million a year and he pays single digits on his taxes right now. Well, again, that's, that's true. You can get squirrely and take advantage of some loopholes. But let's say you live on 60%, dude. 60% yeah. of 2 million is plenty to live on. But 60% of 45,000, dude, come on, you can't dude. Do it. How are you doing it? Yeah, you have to make, if you think about numbers, depending on your state, right? You have to make at least 10 grand a month to do that. Ten, and that's even minimal. 10, I, I save four. I've got six left over. My taxes are probably 18 to 2,000. And I've got a few thousand to pay rent, groceries, et cetera. So it's, which it's means really, you're making, which means you're making 10 grand a month, but you're living in a shithole. Yeah. And in my, in my opinion, <clears throat> if that's where I've got to start for two or three years, I'm willing to do that. Cause I know afterwards the benefit of that 40% long-term outweighs that 24, 36 months of living in a shithole. That's true. That's true. Folks. I, I know I'm joking a lot and I bust balls a lot. That is true, what you just said. And that is what normal people would not be willing to do, which is why normal people are not wealthy. But, and, I, and I'll tell you, when people ask me, what's my biggest regret? That is my biggest regret. When I go back to when I was your age, dude, I didn't save shit. I didn't save shit for most of my life, dude. Yeah. I spent every dime almost every time. Every dime, every time. Dude, you give me a check for $13,000 and I got paid every two weeks. You give me a check for $13,000, you give me a check for $39,000. There's just more shit to buy. Like, dude, there was no uh, methodical, long-term, intelligent, conservative plan. I was not afraid of no more money coming. And coincidentally, it's never happened either. Yeah. Like, 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 see, I, I, I defy most rules, dude, but it's not, it's not a good plan. In other words, my luck is not a plan. Mm-hmm. I'm a lucky son of a bitch and I'm willing to roll the dice. Yeah, I see that. So, so, and I think that's, that's an awesome quality. Like that's key. Um, you, Napoleon, when he used to hire his generals, he would literally, literally ask himself the question, how lucky is this guy? That would, that would be his decision maker is how lucky is this guy? So there's, there's that aspect of it. What I do and what I'd recommend to anyone is automate the savings. So I have a concept I use called the sacred account. It just comes out of my bank same day every month, whether I look at it or not. 
and I can still go be crazy with the rest of the money because I think that 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 energy that you're talking about, that luck, that's where wealth is really built. It's the creativeness. It's the the human, you know, emotion and spirit of like, man, this idea is going to become real and I'm going to go use that to produce more. So we can't get rid of that. So it shouldn't turn into misery, but it should turn into just allocation. I made 30, freaking 40% of that went into my savings. I'm going to go make another 50 now. Well, the way you say it, yeah. And if someone's making 30, they can live off 60% of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I'm not taught, but who's making 30, bro? Yeah, it's it's an increments thing, right? So, yeah, but, but dude, you're making the average person out in the world. What's the average income? About 50 or 60. Okay, so how do you live on 60% of 60? So that guy's not gonna. Well, we've got Okay, so there. dude, so where do you start? Like, let's talk to normal so people to, for a minute. For sure. So the, the main problem and the, the most like the most typical thing I see is for the average family, they're giving more than 40% of their income to financial institutions, car payment, mortgage, taxes, 401k, et cetera. Um, if we can, if we can work on reducing that, someone could save 40% of their 60 K and still have money left over if they weren't sending money out to that stuff. So that's where I, when I'm working with the average family and that is a lot of my clientele, uh, I'm not the, let's only work with top one percenters. Like they got there, they don't need my help. So, so I'm looking at how do I take that guy and get him to the point where he can do that. So let's start at five or 10 or 15% and let's work on getting rid of all this other stuff so that I'm financing my own things and I'm paying myself instead. And now I can start to incrementally work up because I'm cutting those out. And I'm also then increasing my income. I've still got to know how to sell. I've still got to have control over my income. I've still got to do something to increase the top. And then I've got to cut the bottom out on expenses where it's going to institutions that are getting wealthy off me could be going to me instead. Two questions. Yeah. Number one, are we clear for takeoff? We're clear for takeoff. Excellent. Number two, are you a minimalist? I'm not a minimalist. So if I came to your house, do you, do you splurge at all? Or like, are you like some dude that like, you know, you got like millions of dollars in the bank, but you're telling the wife, you know, Hey, there's 20 cents cheaper gas two miles away. Let's get over there. Yeah. So no, I mean, so I, I have, I have a Beamer. I've got, you know, some nice things. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm not a minimalist. I look at opportunity cost. If I spend this money on this thing, where else could it go? And which one would I rather have? And that's more just priorities. So, you know, we eat out most nights. Our, our restaurant bill is higher than my grocery bill. Um, right now I'm in California. I'm still paying for rent at my office and rent at my house in Alaska. And I'm not using either one of them. Um, I'll, go, I'll go produce more income. But at the end of the, the day, it's those basic rules that I follow that make it to where I'm still stacking money. I'm still building wealth. And that allows me to afford whatever I would like to afford as that continues and progresses on. So it's, it's, it's priorities and that actually gets rid of the need to be minimalist. Because I could say, let's live on 2000 a month and, and put all of our money in Vanguard mutual funds. And in five years, technically, we could be financially free as long as we only spend two grand a month. So if you're me and let's say you're making... I'll just make up a number, mm-hmm. um, hundred grand a month. Yeah. And I was and I was keeping half of it, saving. Where yeah. would I do with half that money? Vanguard mutual funds. So I'm not a market guy. Um, I would take half that money, and I would I would look at with investing. I look at four things. So invest. If you look at where that word comes from, it actually means to clothe your capital. 
literally I'm putting clothes on my money. So I just look at it just like when I wear clothes, I wear what I like, I wear what I understand, I wear what fits me and I wear what suits the occasion I'm going to use it for. Same way I invest. I'm going to identify that and determine that's where my 50% is going to go to. And I'll stack up however much I need to, to get into the first one and just repeat that action over and over. Um, for me, I like life insurance, gold and silver. I like real estate. I like private lending. I'm very big into tangible stuff that pays me cash flow or has an intrinsic value. What if I told you I could get you 15% every quarter on any amount of money you want to give me? <laughs> I'd probably call bullshit. Dude, I'm telling you, there is the, the, there is, that is a real opportunity. Yeah. It's, it's probably out we'll talk, there. We'll talk offline, but it is a real opportunity. And, and it makes perfect sense. Once you hear what they're doing, you're like, okay, that makes perfect sense. And it's legit, dude. Yeah. Pays me like clockwork. Pays all my friends like clockwork. Pays everyone that got me into it like clockwork. That's awesome. Now, could it end? Yes, it could end. But right mm -hmm. now, it's as real. There's nothing illegal about it. It's, it's like completely real, but very quiet kept. Yeah, a lot of that stuff is. Yeah, I'll tell you about, I'll tell you when we get off here. All right. Um, let's see. Jerry, I want to go back down to realistic because most right. people ain't making a hundred grand a month. Let's say somebody is making 60, 70, 80, 90 grand a month, 120, because that's what normal people are doing. Mm -hmm. And, and they, they were very intelligent. They save money. Cause here's what I see crazy. A lot of people I talk to young kids, the dude, they got little life savings. They got little chunks of money. They DM me all the time. I think people are either trying to see if I want their money because, because a lot of times people think I'm, I'm, I'm like a, a, a guru. In other words, I, I, don't, I don't coach and mentor and, and, and have consulting programs and all that shit. I'm a yeah. CEO of a tech company. However, I look like a guru, right? I look like I'd have a coaching program because like in that world, everybody has a coaching program. So at the end yeah. of the day, I look the part, but when, but, but when people DM me, they say, Hey Brad, I'm 24 years old. I've got 180,000 saved, and I'm thinking, "Shit, dude, how the hell do you have 180,000 saved at that age? Like when I was that age, I didn't have a dime." Yeah. So, so let's say a normal person has, in my mind, dude, if you, if you're 24 and you got 180 grand in the bank, dude, that is a hell of an impressive feat. Yeah. So to me, let's keep normal. I think if you're 24 years old and, you, and you're a conservative dude and you've put some money away since you started working at 18, you probably got what, 25, 50? Yeah, somewhere in that range. Okay, good. So what do I do with 25K? So it's, if not, got, it's not, it's not going to buy me a duplex. It's not going to buy me anything big. So what do I do? Go partner with somebody. Can I, can I buy a lawnmower and rent it out? Like people always ask me, Brad, what do I do with my money? You know what? I always just reply because it's easier. Buy shit you can rent, period. Yeah. Yeah, like in other words, hey, I bought a lawnmower because I, I rent it out for $10 a weekend. Right. You know, as long as you can rent it out, I think it's a good investment because if, you know, houses, you can rent it out. Like, dude, GC, oh, Grant Cardone, you know Grant. Oh, yeah. He tells you, don't buy houses. Dude, let me tell you something. The only reason he's saying that is because he doesn't have houses to sell you. I know people that make plenty of money on houses, plenty of yeah. money. He made money on houses. That's total bullshit. If he had houses to sell you, he wouldn't be telling you that. Then he yeah. used to tell you to get a quad and then, and, then, and then he wanted you to invest with him. So guess what? Now you better buy 16 units or better. 
knowing yeah. that, you know, you know, not a lot of people can buy 16 units, so might as well give it to Grant. But, dude, all, all, all conspiracy theory aside with old Grant Cardone, anything that rents, that's basically who got me to understand that whole cash flow is Grant. So he's mm-hmm. pretty smart when it comes to cash flow, don't you think? That's his thing. Yeah, for sure. I, I, with Grant, I, I, I have the mantra that I look at. I say, do as he does, not as he says. I look at what's he actually doing and I'll, I'll follow that. And that's with any wealthy person. Warren Buffett does the same exact thing. People watch Warren Buffett on, on YouTube and, you know, put it in the S and P 500 and leave it there. And, and all, and then you look at Warren, he stays in cash till stuff like this happens. And then he goes and slits people's throats and takes their company for pennies on the dollar. And he doesn't say do that. That's what he's doing though. Gary V. He said, don't create content, document. Yeah. So I started documenting and now my social media is blowing up. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, again, I mean, he, Gary tells you, dude, don't, don't do what I tell you. Do what I'm doing. Right. I like old Gary V. I like, uh, I like these gurus. Back when I was a kid, dude, I, I didn't have any gurus or I didn't notice them and I didn't know to seek information. Very important that we do that today. So I, keep, I think I keep interrupting you. So I got 25 grand. What do I put it in? So if I'm 24 years old and I've got 25 grand, the first thing I'm looking at is what got me there and can I reinvest in that? If I'm in sales, I'm going to probably get on something that helps me increase my sales. Like just repeat the successful action and reinforce it. That's one of the problems with building wealth is people will do one thing and it works. And then we get the mindset of, okay, great. I did that. I'm done with it. Let me go find a new thing. And it's like, well, no, 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 that works. So let's not overlook that. Let's go back and see, can we milk that even further for what it has? And if I put capital into it, does it grow even more? So that's, that's my first move. And that's usually going to look like some form of knowledge or personal development or training or expertise that I gain that just makes me more able. Um, at 25K, if it's, if it's not that, you know, I'm probably going to try and stack it and get to 50. Just because I know at 50, my investment world opens up a little bit more than it does at 25. Um, that's kind of a conversation of timeline. Is that a long game for me to get there? Or is that a couple years out? If it's a couple years out, I'm just going to wait it out and get there. What if you're at a, at a dead end job? You can't put any money away, really, dude. I mean, I got to eat. You know, I got a $900 apartment. Yeah. I got a free car, but dude, gas, you know, I, I work across town. I got to pay insurance. You know, I had a DUI when I was 18. So now, you know, pretty much, dude, I ain't got no money left. What do I do? So I was there minus the DUI. I worked at a pizza job when I was starting my business up. So if I'm that guy, first things first, I'm going to save something. I don't believe anyone that says I can't save anything. That's just a mentality. So I'm going to try and save something, even if it's a dollar, just so I can prove I'm doing it. And then I'm looking at how do I take my spare time right now? Because I don't think it's smart to leave the income source yet. Like that is, it sucks, but that is paying my bills. I'm going to take my weekends and my evenings and turn that into a business. And then once that takes over the income I'm producing at the job, I can cut ties and go do that full time. So it's the transition factor. And again, it comes down to getting knowledge, having value, and then just exchanging and doing that in the time that I do have available. What are you doing in LA right now? Doing some training with my team. We came down here uh, about a month and a half ago. Uh, me and all my employees did. So we're, uh, we're sticking it out. We figured we'd rather be quarantined in LA than Alaska right now. There's more to do down here in a quarantine environment than there is up there. Aren't you guys locked down tight down there? 
it's not as bad as they, they make it sound on the news. Um, things are pretty locked down. A lot of stores and restaurants are closed, but people are still walking around, going places. There's still traffic. Um, so it's, it's definitely not normal LA, but it's not like we're, you know, quarantined and, and being held up in our rooms. Well, dude, I'm glad I tracked you down. Let me, uh, if you could, you know, share with the world, anything you'd want, what would that be? You cut out there. I said, if you could share anything you want right now with the world, what would that be? If I could share one thing right now, I would say right now, look for ways to produce income. Whether that be online, Zoom, freaking incredible right now. If you're in sales, you can do all this stuff on Zoom, um, you know, Forex, like whatever you've got to get into and, and it's going to be learning, but you've got time to learn right now. So, I, you know, don't binge Netflix. Don't be on social media watching COVID and 5G and all, like go find ways to increase your knowledge and turn that into some form of income. And if you do it right, it might be something that you do even after the quarantine is done. It could be life changing. That's true. There's a lot of people out there right now that are getting forced to maneuver and, and they're not comfortable and they're not happy and they're scared, but they'll maneuver into something that'll be the rest of their life. Yeah. Where are you at right now? Why does it look like you're standing in front of a movie theater curtain? <laughs> so I'm in my hotel room. So I've got oh. the sitting on the bed. I've got the window behind me here. Oh, it's a hotel curtain. I'm like, dude, what is he like? We're getting ready to like, is he going to open up and see a stage right there? What's up? <laughs> Just pop a real quick podcast. <laughs> um, how can the bomb squad follow you? So you can follow me on Instagram at Jerry Feta. Uh, that's two T's, not one. Twice as good as the cheese. Um, you can also check me out on, on <laughs> you like that, huh? <laughs> me, for those of you listening, Brad, every, every time we speak, he's got three or four new jingles for Feta. Um, so you can follow me there. You can also go to, to my web, my website, jerryfeta.com. If you go to jerryfeta.com forward slash info, um, there's a free infographic that actually gives step-by-step -step how you can start to build some financial security and wealth. Can anyone invest, not invest with you, but like follow your investments? Does anyone follow my investments? Like, no, like, I do dude, like I got a little... I got a little money laying around. What should I do with it? And I'm thinking, well, shit, why don't I just follow around what Jerry does with his? Like, what are you doing with yours? Can I just follow your investments? Yeah, so you could do that. I, like I said, it goes back to those four things. Like, check out, do I like it? Do I understand it? Does it fit me? Does it fit what I'm going to use it for? Yeah, but that's too much, dude. Can I just say, hey, what's Jerry doing? You could do that. My opinion on that is that's a, a very low level of responsibility. Not if you trust the person that's doing it. There's trust, but there's also trust and verify. Yeah, but right? like Warren Buffett, like for example, if Warren Buffett told me, Brad, here's what I did with my money today. Yeah. And I followed Warren the whole time. Guess what? I'd have done all right. Yeah, you'd have done all right. Now, some of the moves Warren does might be moves that you can't do at the, at the level you're at or, or I can't do at the level I'm at. So in theory, you could do that. A lot of people do that. You haven't, um, you haven't checked the Forbes list lately, have you? What's who's on the Forbes list right now? Me. Are you really? It goes Bill Gates, Bezos actually now, Bill, yeah. Jeff, Bill, guy named Ahwan I don't know how to pronounce it. Warren, and then Brad. Brad, right there. 
Bradley well, keeps calling me like, dude, congratulations. I'm like, what? I see you on the list. I'm like, oh, shit. My fucking $1,200 came in. <laughs> put me over the top. <laughs> That's right, dude. $1,200 fucking, I put it in the bank because I don't need it. And bam, I'm on the list all of a sudden. I'm right below Warren. <laughs> That's all it took. Dude, when are we going to see Jerry Feta on the list? We're going to see me there here in the next couple of years. My goal is to get there for sure. So I'm, I'm Dude, 20. Do you think you're going to get to be a billionaire? Yes or no? That's my goal. I'm going to do that in my lifetime for sure. And are you going to help people get there or just be a greedy old prick from Alaska? <laughs> I'm going to help people get there. I mean, if it, if it wasn't for content like you and Grant and some of the guys that that helped me, I wouldn't be able to get there. No one in my life was teaching me about money. No one in my life was, was showing me how to sell, how to build a business. So if for, for me to know that and to not share that, like for me, that's, that's unethical to myself. I think that's actually going to hurt my reproduction of it. And it's also unethical for me to not have the, the, the flow back to other people and help them do the same thing. I agree. Can you grow a full beard or no? I can, yeah. I had one a couple of years back. It got long as the Alaska look. Yeah. So do you like just the, the, the shadow? Cause like, see my shadow now it's getting kind of gray. It's like, dude, I'm wondering if I should just like lose the shadow now. I think the shadow is a good look, but my thing is it gets to a certain point. You get that itchy, like two, two weeks or so of itchiness. I just can't get through the two weeks. I just keep it right before it gets itchy and then cut it. Yeah, me too. Well, dude, listen, I appreciate you coming on to the show. I appreciate what you're doing out there for the folks. Bomb Squad, if you want to find Jerry Feta, you go to jerryfeta.com, right? Two T's, twice as good, as the, feta, twice as good as the Feta cheese. There you go. Okay. Um, follow him on Instagram, at Jerry Feta. Yeah? Yeah. And ultimately, man, do what he's talking about. I know I, know I uh, make light of certain things, but... I tell you right now, dude, he ain't wrong. And how old are you? 27? 27, yeah. And, and you're already a bona fide or is it bona fide? How do you pronounce it? I think bona fide sounds fancier. Bona fide sounds better than bona fide because nobody wants to be bona fide. Bona fide sounds like you got, you got did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, it was a bona fide nightmare. But it's bona fide that you're a millionaire at 27, which is a pretty damn you know, commendable achievement. At least Thank when you. I, at least when I was young, dude, like dude, I didn't yeah. know anybody in the twenties that were millionaires. Everyone that was a millionaire was an old gray haired fucker hunched over the yeah. young, the young millionaires were like, you know, the movie stars or celebrities. There were no like millionaire neighbors that were 25, 30 years old. It was never, mm -hmm. never the case. Yeah. I think billionaires, the new millionaire. I think so. Yeah, because right now, dude, uh, in the same breath saying that's pretty impressive, it ain't that damn difficult anymore, is it? Yeah. No, and it's one of those things that when you look at it, like it was a status quo back in the 80s. When you look at inflation, like it's really, it's not the same number. Um, and being a millionaire, there's, there's a lot of stuff I still can't do. So it's not a finish line by any means. It's cool. What can't you do, dude? I couldn't go buy a jet. I still can't. Yes, I still can't. I mean, with that attitude, I could. No, um, no, you can. Not the jet I would want. I, I couldn't buy a, a, a big, I mean, I could probably buy a small plane or something of that sort. No, no, or, you can buy, you can buy a fucking G2, dude, I'm telling you, like a G200. 
Mm-hmm. You can buy a nice, you can buy a seriously nice jet for a mil or two. Yeah. But at that level, what, what that would be my only thing. I'd, I'd have to liquidate everything and put my net no, worth. Dude, they jet. finance those just like everything else. I know, I know. I don't know. I don't know if I'd finance the jet though. I know, but I mean, I know people that, 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 that have jets and they're, and they're not as rich as you think. Like, like I could go buy a jet. The, the problem is, is the maintenance and the hangar the and the gas and the pilots and the, and the ongoing, you know, whacking the balls. Like, dude, like buying the jets, one thing, dude, running the jet is a whole nother. Yeah. How many times do we take it places? Yeah. I mean, we, we don't travel enough. The time to buy a jet is when you need to be in four or five different cities on the same day yeah to collect a check or make some money that's when mm-hmm. you need a jet you need a jet to to basically um increase your time so like yeah. if i got paid for example $25,000 a keynote and i could literally be booked all over the united states on the same day mm-hmm. i can't get there commercially it would make right. sense to fly around in a jet it would make right. sense the jet would be financially prudent but yeah. i don't fly around that much for me a jet would be financially foolish mm. it would be ego oh look at me and not only that dude if you want you charter a jet when you want to fly private yeah because flying private boy i'll tell you dude that's first class like when you fly first class people are like you know get a first class ticket dude there's no such thing as first class on a commercial airline yeah it's <laughs> it's it's just better than coach that's yeah. what they should call it <laughs> better than coach you don't need a chiropractor when you get done. Yeah, like I fly better than coach. <laughs> because dude, first class is private. Mm. Anyway, I'm chewing ice. I'm watching my wife walk around here in her in her panties, picking up picking up uh towels and, and what have you that I've left from the pool. And my kids, I get to see them every day, man. Remember, folks. The COVID crisis is only a crisis if you look at it that way. Until next time, share this out. Make sure everybody uh, follows Jerry Feta. Hit him up, hashtag bomb squad, Jerry Feta, folks. And Jerry, as always, man, appreciate you coming. Folks, share this out. And until next time, keep it real. This is Dropping Bombs with The Real Bradley. Subscribe at droppingbombs.com.